the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we approach the end of the church year, the cycle of readings turn towards consideration of the last things, to judgment, the second coming of Christ, the parousia, when Christ will return to judge the living and the dead, the end of the age, when all things will come to a close. There are signs of that time, but nonetheless, it comes like a thief in the night, and thus Jesus warns and admonishes all who hear this parable, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The scene is that of a grand Jewish wedding. The couple has been engaged. The bride and groom, with their consent, have been given by their families to one another. An engagement in the context of first century Israel was not like our engagements today. It was not merely a promise by the couple that they were going to get married. Our engagements are rather easily broken. I had a professor at the seminary who got engaged five times before uh, getting engaged to his wife. And besides losing a lot of money on wedding rings, uh, you know, there was no real consequence to that. But in the first century, legally, the marriage was done. They are husband and wife, but there is a short time, usually short, it could be longer, but a time that elapses between the engagement and that day when the groom comes to the bride's home to take her in festival procession to his own house there to enjoy the wedding feast. And so we have ten virgins, members of the wedding party, who have taken up positions near the bride's home to join in that festive procession upon the groom's arrival. They've got their lamps to light the way as part of that celebration. Five are wise. They have lamps and they have also brought oil. They are prepared for the procession. Five are foolish. And the Greek word here for foolish is morai, which is the plural for the Greek word moron, and so we have five morons who brought no oil for their lamps. Why would you bring a lamp without oil? Well, there's really no explanation. That's the nature of foolishness, right? There is no reason for it. It is moronic. And as a point of fact, whether or not the bridegroom had come as expected, or he was delayed, either way, they would have been caught unprepared. But the bridegroom was delayed, and they all fell asleep until the cry came at midnight. Those who are still awake proclaimed, here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. The wise pour their oils and oil and make their lamps ready, but the foolish realize only too late that they did not have any oil. They plead with the wise to share some of theirs, but there's not enough to go around. And in a desperate attempt, they go out and try to find a market or a bazaar that is open at midnight and still selling oil so that they can join the procession. All the meanwhile, the wise do join the procession and are taken into the wedding feast. The foolish come ultimately empty-handed to the door of the groom after it had been shut, and they pleaded, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. What does Christ mean to teach us in this parable? In short, to be wise, to avail ourselves of the means of grace while God has established the time for grace. Before it is too late, before the doors to the heavenly kingdom are closed, there is a time of grace. God is patient. As the Apostle Peter says about the second coming of Christ, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. There is a time of grace. God is patient, but the end will come. Judgment will come. So in our parable, the ten virgins are the visible church on earth. Why ten? Because ten is the biblical number of wholeness and completeness. There are ten words in the Decalogue, ten families needed to form a synagogue, ten needed for a funeral procession. And in Jesus' other parables, you've got the ten talents, the ten pieces of silver, the ten cities, the ten pounds. So the ten virgins represent the whole Christian church visible on earth, past and present. All who at least outwardly bear the name of Christian. They're waiting for the groom to come. That is, they're waiting for Christ to come on the last day. The engagement, it has taken place. The bride already belongs to Christ. The work of salvation is done. All that is left is to wait for the groom to return and take her to the heavenly wedding feast. There are five wise virgins who have lamps and oil, and five foolish who have lamps with no oil. What is the oil? It is the inner transformation of grace, the work of the Holy Spirit, that anointing upon the heart which fills the Christian with faith. The flame of the lamp is the light of love and charity that shines out into the world. The five wise virgins are those who are true Christians. They went to the market during the day. Virgins, uh, the five wise virgins are those, yeah, who went to the market during the day. They bought oil, and this does not mean that they bought it with their own works. For Isaiah exhorts the people of God, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. The five wise virgins are those who availed themselves of the means of grace, that free gift of God, which comes in the waters of holy baptism, which is received in the holy supper, which is heard in the absolution. They are those who read, marked, and learned, and inwardly digested the word of God, and were filled with the oil that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So they were prepared for the groom's return. The foolish virgins are those who are only Christian in appearance, but resisted the work of the Spirit, who did not let themselves be filled with the grace of God. Thus they had no oil and were unprepared for the Lord's return. Why would they do that? It's foolishness. 
There's no explanation for foolishness. It is its nature. It's moronic. They let the day of grace pass. If the groom did not tarry, if he had returned promptly and they were all awake, Christ would find the wise awake and filled with his grace and they would enter the wedding feast. The foolish would be empty and shut out. The result would be the same. But he did tarry. He does tarry. And so they all fall asleep. That is, they died. And this is another important thing to note. We know neither the day nor the hour when Christ will return, and thus we should be prepared. Avail ourselves of the means of grace while there is still time. But also we know neither the day nor the hour of our own death. And so we should be prepared and avail ourselves of the means of grace while they, there is still time, so that we will be found with oil when Christ returns, whether we are awake or whether we are asleep. So the five wise are those who have died in the grace of God, and the five foolish are those who have died apart from his grace. And when the cry comes, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him, those who are still awake, who have died, see the Son of Man on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That cry of command rings forth, that voice of an archangel, that sound of the trumpet of God, raises the dead from their sleep. And the wise are prepared, but the foolish awake too late, for it is midnight. They ask the wise for some of their oil, but faith cannot be given from one to another. The wise cannot share what they have. They tell the foolish to go to the market, to go to the word of the prophets and the apostles. Find the gospel there. That is where the oil is. That is where the spirit is found. The foolish rush to find grace at that last hour. But the time is past. The bazaar is closed. There is no oil to be had. The time of judgment has come. And this is the distinct point of this parable. Do not let the days of grace go without first making use of that great gift of God. The day of salvation has come and it is now. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Knock and the door will be opened. God's grace in Christ is infinite. The door which opened for Aaron after his idolatry, David after his adultery and murder, Peter after his denial, and Paul, after his persecution of the church, is open to us. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus will be saved. But the day is fading, and the time is short, and we do not know the day or the hour when it will be too late. And so we read, while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. And the Greek is emphatic there, the door was shut. Those wise who had availed themselves of the means of grace while it was still day were taken to the heavenly wedding feast. But the foolish came to the door and knocked, Lord, Lord, open to us. But the time of grace had passed. Truly I say to you, I do not know you, he says. For the foolish, that day is darkness and not light. As Amos prophesied, on that day the time for repentance is gone. No prayer, no penitence, no cry for mercy will be admitted. The time of mercy 
had gone and justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour, whether it be the return of Christ or your own death. And so what should we take from this parable? Don't be a fool. Don't be a moron. The time of salvation is now. The water and the blood from Christ's side has been shed. It is a lavish flood, and it is freely given. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine without money and without price. Avail yourselves of the means of grace. If you are baptized, you have the anointing of the Spirit. You have the oil. Do not pour it out, but cling to it. Keep it. Fill it all the more with the word, with his body and blood, and with his forgiveness. If you are just going through the motions, repent and be filled with his grace, for it is still day. Knock and the door will be opened. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. It is for you that Christ is not slow, but patient for your sake. And for your friends and family who do not yet know Jesus, do not wait for another year to roll by. Tell them the gospel, the good news about the life, death, and resurrection for their forgiveness and their salvation. Do the work of the kingdom while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. Amen. You may rise for the offertory. Thank you.